Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, and this week we're talking about Michelle Flournoy and disastrous prospects for a presidential cabinet. Our guests are Medea Benjamin and Marcy Winograd. Medea Benjamin is, of course, the wonderful leading peace activist and author and co-founder of Code Pink, among other things. Marcy Winograd served as a 2020 DNC delegate for Senator Bernie Sanders, organizing a team of delegates to submit a foreign policy platform plank called for, that called for reduced military spending, an end to the wars and occupations in Iraq and Afghanistan, and defunding the U.S. military support for the Saudi-led war on Yemen. Prior to that, Marcy co-founded the California Democratic Party Progressive Caucus and ran for office as a progressive congressional candidate. Uh, Marcy and Medea, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. Great to be with you and Medea. So Michelle Flournoy, uh, what's what's wrong with her and what's particularly wrong with her in the context of all these people with something wrong with them? Okay, I'll take a I'll take a shot at that. Uh, Michelle Flournoy is really tethered to the weapons industry. She was a Pentagon advisor in the Defense Department under Clinton and Obama. Uh, she, when she left, she joined the board of Booz Allen, which is an investment consultancy for military contractors. She also went to Boston Consulting, where within a three-year period between 2013 and 2016, she expanded their military contracts by uh, over $30 million. Uh, beyond her uh, conflicts of interest, we find an outlier foreign policy position in which she told Congress as recently as this year that we should prepare to prevail in a war with China. This is incredibly dangerous talk, particularly at a time when uh, we've seen the massive human suffering resulting from our uh, occupations and invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan, drone warfare on multiple Middle East countries, as well as the fact that we need to mobilize with China to thwart a climate catastrophe. The last thing we should be doing is ginning up a new Cold War with China that could spawn multiple hot wars. And Booz Allen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Medea is, is also funded by Saudi Arabia. I mean, these people are funded by the weapons companies and by the countries getting the deals from the weapons companies, right? Well, yes, it's an incredible cycle of uh, enrichment that the uh, contacts that, that people like Michelle Flournay make within the Defense Department then gets used uh, to help grease the wheels for these companies and countries uh, to have an inside, uh, um, you know, uh, access um, to U.S. government policies, and it's um, it's quite an astounding revolving door where Michelle Floyner herself gets rich. Um, she also has uh, a role to play in what policies the U.S. has. Um, we uh, should also add that while she was in the Obama administration, she helped to uh, engineer the escalation of uh, the attacks in uh, Libya, in Syria, escalation in Afghanistan. And so she comes at it from somebody who believes in force. And of course, then that gives you uh, an ability to translate that into weapons. 
And uh, so we shouldn't separate the fact that she's connected to all these consulting firms from her hawkish positions. And the one that, uh, that um, Marcy just brought up about China, I think is the scariest one of all, because there it's potential for a, a cold war turning into a hot war with a nuclear power, a huge nation. And, uh, but it, in the meantime, justifies this enormous Pentagon budget and increasing the budget at a time when there are so many people and groups saying we've got to stop the uh, constant uh, sinking hole of money into this Pentagon so we can deal with our issues at home. Um, the, uh, Michelle Flor and I represents the absolute opposite of that, thinking that uh, we need these high-tech artificial intelligence, new wave of weaponry. And who would uh, supply that? The very companies that she has been working with and representing as part of these consulting and investment firms. And it's not just this West exec advisors firm, right? There's also a, a financial firm, the, the Pine Island Capital uh, Investment Firm uh, that are both, as far as I can tell, openly raising money uh, and talking about uh, getting further rich and enriching those who want to join with them uh, through their connections to the coming uh, regime, excuse me, administration. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Pine Island Capital was exposed in various uh, outlets, including the New York Times, uh, as an investment firm, a, a private equity firm, in which uh, Michelle Flournoy, Anthony Lincoln, who is President-elect Biden's right hand and is a nominee for Secretary of State. So it's Flournoy, Blinken, Austin. I, I, it may be Jay Johnson as well. I'm not sure. I'd have to check. But um, Johnson, Austin, and Flournoy are all up you know, being considered for Secretary of Defense. This, this private equity firm, you know, in their filing in the SEC, they describe themselves as a blank check. And they openly tout their business to their clients saying, we're looking at a gold mine here, basically. Uh, we're coming, we're going to come in and we, you are going to profit off of our push for increased investments in military and surveillance. I mean, it's, it's right. It's bold, you know, it's, it's almost in their filing and in their pamphlets and there's, there's no covering this up. So it's no secret. I think what we really need is a, a political revolution in the Senate. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if senators absolutely said this won't fly, you know, because basically, I'm looking at some of the demands that are being made from the left and from progressives and not even progressives, people who have a sense of financial responsibility about taxpayer money. They're saying, you know what, when these, these nominees, should they be nominated, but we know Blinken it will be, is, uh, when they go before the Senate, they need to fully disclose who their clients are. And they're not prepared to do that, not fully. Uh, they need to completely divest. They haven't completely divested. I think Blinken has, not sure about Florino. I don't think she has yet. And they need to recuse themselves from any de decisions that could profit their previous clients. Well, to me, that, that alone says they cannot do this job because their decisions will benefit their prior clients. Well, that's right. Can I add, add on there that uh, it's an interesting twist now to see Republicans in the Senate saying that they're going to grill uh, these nominees for their connections and demand that there is a disclosure of who they work for um, because so many Republicans 
uh, have believed and, and, and promoted secrecy in government itself. And we see during the Trump administration how less and less information has been made public about what our government is doing, and particularly so in the Pentagon. Uh, be that as it may, you know, it's a good thing that Republicans are saying now they want to know who their clients are because uh, these firms like West Exec have non-disclosure agreements and uh, they, they need to be brought out into the light of day to say, who are you working for? Are you working for the Emirates? Are you working for uh, the Saudis? Are you working for firms that you're going to have to be dealing with on a regular basis? Uh, and how can you think that just uh, selling off your interests in these companies is going to make you not have a conflict of interest? It's built into who you are and what you've been doing. And in a place like West Exec, which brags about its connections to uh, the West Executive Office Building, uh, and that's where it gets its, its name from, is, uh, a, a, has been called a, a holding pen for people from the Democratic administrations, previous ones, both Clinton and Obama, uh, to be making money from their connections while they're waiting to be recycled back into government. And I think it's just a terrible indication of Biden going back to the old hands and putting it forward as if this uh, he's bringing experienced people into government. Yeah, well, they're experienced, but what are they experienced in? Uh, invasions, occupations, uh, Pentagon corruption. Uh, and I don't think this is the kind of experience that the American people want or need at this point in our history. Not that we ever did, but uh, you know, we're dealing with such existential crises, whether it's the climate or this pandemic, uh, that there needs to be a real examination on what our foreign policy is going to be. And if you bring back in the old people and recycle them, uh, it's, uh, we, we're not going to be able to get ourselves out of this dying empire that we are part of. You know, we were talking earlier, Medea and Marcy, about what's changed. And I don't know that the corruption has changed so much, but it seems to me one thing that has changed dramatically is the acceptance of tokenism. There's nobody with a modicum of intelligence left to be insulted by tokenism anymore. It's just openly, proudly claimed. So there's, I think, a, a press secretary nominee from West Exec as well, who's a woman, and that's the end of the story. She's a woman. You be happy, shut up. Uh, and and it, I don't know what Blinken's story is as a white guy, but the rest of them, there's some justification based on what they look like. Uh, and how how has that become enough to satisfy everyone and Beyond that, not not an insult to anyone anymore. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you, David. It's um, identity politics at its worst. Uh, a warmonger is a warmonger is a warmonger and never arose in my book. And while some were celebrating on Twitter the appointment of this all-female communications team, I pointed out that the press secretary was from West Exec Advisors, which specializes in military and weapons contract consulting and that really those who should be celebrating are the weapons producers or the weapons manufacturers who must be blowing kisses to Blinken, Flournoy, Austin, and the rest of them. And, and 
how do you explain uh, either one of you, Marcy or Medea, how do you explain people like Matt Duss and like Joe, I, I think he pronounces it Sirincione, uh, who put themselves forward as somewhat progressive, whatever that means anymore, celebrating these people with, with sort of open disregard for any substance, just celebrating them because apparently if you celebrate them, you're, you're in the, you're in the team, you're on board. Uh, how do you, how do you explain people doing this? Yeah. It's about access. Uh, I, I think in the case of uh, Tony Blinken, he has been very smart during this transition period. He's been reaching out to uh, some of the progressive groups, liberal groups, having conversations with them uh, when they send letters to Biden saying we want to see a change in U.S. policy when it comes to Yemen or Iran or uh, whatever the issue, um, he has been willing to talk to them. And that goes a long way in making people feel like, okay, he's open. Um, he also comes across as a, quote, nice guy. And um, so he's been very savvy about uh, how he has been uh, co-opting groups in the more uh, liberal end of the spectrum. I also think when it comes to Michelle Flournoy, she doesn't, she has reached out to some of the groups as well. Uh, and she's talking about how she wants to uh, renew the uh, START treaty with Russia, how she has, um, uh, trying to reassure them about wanting to uh, be part of the international uh, uh, treaties in terms of um, uh, arms control. And that has made people feel like at least they're going to have an in uh, with this administration and a chance to have somebody in there that they can talk to. Yes, and I would add that uh... In the case of some of these uh, people associated with Plowshares, Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, uh, supporting Flournoy, I think that they understandably have a sense of urgency about abolishing nuclear weapons and how close we are to the precipice of nuclear annihilation. And she has questioned whether we should modernize our nuclear weapons, whether it's, it's worth it. And, I have come to the position where whatever I read that Flournoy has written, I ask myself, how will she make more money off of this position? And <laughs> I mean, in my darkest moments, I think there's probably more money to be made in developing more unmanned space, unmanned weapon systems, the militarization of space, which she's all for, with teaming, a human machine teaming with Israel uh, for these robotic soldiers. There's probably more ongoing, there's a, a, probably a greater cash flow in that than modernizing the nuclear weapons. But um, that aside, let's say her, her motives are pure, as she really does want to abolish these or, or not modernize the nuclear weapons. Why would we then want to incite a war with a nuclear power, China? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm concerned that these groups are not looking at the complete picture or closely enough at her congressional testimony, which is quite damning. Yeah, the other thing that she has changed her position on is about selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, which she was at one point very much in favor of that and has more recently come out and said that she doesn't want to sell uh, offensive weapons to Saudi Arabia, uh, weapons that would be used in Yemen. But um, Marcy, you've had a good response. You might want to respond to that. 
Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, even amateur uh, military strategists or lay people can tell you that there are no defensive weapons. Every defensive weapon becomes fuel for an ongoing effort to overcome that defensive weapon. So it fuels an arms race. And it also gives Saudi Arabia cover uh, for continuing their destruction, their genocidal destruction of Yemen. Uh, should these defense systems work? And that's also questionable. They've been a big waste of money in the past. But should they work, that would just give them carte blanche to continue bombing Yemen. But, ha but haven't all of these people, including Biden himself, been a part of every horrible, universally agreed upon disastrous decision of the past several decades. And hasn't Biden put up some pretense of having learned something and been sorry for a minute uh, about some of his offenses, even to the point of lying about how long he defended his disastrous actions. Uh, and yet he's putting up as nominees and in consideration for nomination, the people who advised him, the people who went even beyond his own horrible decision, and people like Neera Tandon, uh, likely a nominee who wrote in an email regarding Libya, we have a huge deficit, they have lots of oil. Sounds great. I mean, these are comically bad people. I mean, liberals would be literally vomiting if these were Trump nominees, right? I mean, who could be who could be worse than the, than this pack of people? And and how exactly is this less evil than 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 what's moving out the door right now? Where is the where is the lesser evil calculation to be found between the crowd that's moving out and the crowd that's moving in? Well, I think the crowd that's moving out were there so many of them because they came in and were fired and came in and quit and came in and were fired. And we never quite knew who was uh, going to be in charge of what. And so much of foreign policy was done by Donald Trump himself. Uh, now it seems these, quote, experienced people, uh, they come together in a package. And it's um, important that you bring up, uh, David, that this is, uh, we have to look at, at Biden himself, uh, because if he... Uh, was somebody who whipped up support for the war in Iraq when he was on the foreign affairs, well, the head of the foreign affairs uh, committee in the Senate, uh, he made a disastrous mistake that should have disqualified him for any future major office in the United States. But the fact that he is going to be our next president uh, says so much about the lack of any accountability for the most disastrous foreign policy blunder in modern history. So when you take it from there and say, well, you know, Biden supported the war in Iraq. And yes, now he's saying all kinds of things that are not true about his position. Uh, and it didn't disqualify him. So of course, then why not bring in his whole crew of people uh, who had the same policies and um, made the same disastrous mistakes? It's a, it's a terrible indictment of the U.S. system that when Obama came in, he didn't look back, in quotes. He only looked forward and he wouldn't do anything uh, to bring some accountability to the Bush years and the, war, uh, the wars we got in there. And then, of course, made things worse uh, by invading Libya and getting the U.S. more entrenched in the wars. Um, but I, it, it's... Um, 
are these people worse than the Trump people? I think it's better that Biden is in there than Donald Trump. I think the fact that he's going to uh, work with international uh, entities that are good, like the World uh, Health Organization and uh, the Paris Climate Accord. But I think it's very bad that he's uh, so eager to re-embrace NATO, uh, a military alliance that should have died out many decades ago. And he is now saying that this is part of his multilateralism. So, Marcy, what have you and Medea and others been doing uh, to try to prevent, in particular, this nomination of, of Flournoy? And, and how has the, the corporate media been responding? Yes, uh, several organizations, including World Beyond War, Progressive Democrats of America, Code Pink, Roots Action, and what am I forgetting? There's one more. Oh, there are lots more, but we'll have a link. Demand progress, uh, military families speak out, uh, Roots Action, anyway, uh, have come together and said, look, we oppose Michelle Flournoy, but not only Flournoy, we, we oppose anyone such as Austin or Johnson who has served on the board of military contractor or consultancy for military contractors who's tethered to the weapons industry. And we want, uh, we do not want these people to put in charge of the Pentagon. And we're, we are going to ask our supporters throughout the country, millions of people to jam the phone lines of these senators, because really our hands, our, our future is in the hands of the Senate. We need a political revolution in the Senate to hold these people to the fire. And it's in their lap right now. Well, it's also a very positive thing that Michelle Flournoy, who was considered a shoe in uh, months ago, has not yet been nominated. And the fact that they are deliberating internally uh, as to whether uh, they should appoint her despite all the objections uh, or look for somebody else and they are looking at other candidates. Uh, our problem as progressives is that the other candidates are um, all have issues that for us uh, make them uh, people that we can't support. Uh, if they're not on the, the board of uh, Booz Allen Hamilton, they're on the board of uh, some other uh, investment firm that is tied to the Pentagon uh, or directly on the boards of these weapons companies themselves. So um, we have a hard position in that, you know, if, if uh, things went our way, we would say, let's take the people who were right about U.S. foreign policy uh, decades ago, and we'd say Barbara Lee was the only one. <laughs> she should be Secretary of Defense. Uh, but that's not the way things work these days. So uh, we are saying that uh, it's good just to be jamming up this process because it brings out more and more. I mean, I did research about Michelle Flournoy and I never even heard of this Pine Island Capitol until the recent report that came out in New York Times. So the more this stretches out, the more information comes out, uh, the weaker she is as a candidate. And the more we can uh, put in the laps of the senators to uh, bring up when, if it comes to confirmation hearings. So I think we've already had a tremendous impact and we just got to keep this going. When, when they bring out all these horrible nominees, they all come from outside of Congress. And then the only people we're allowed to choose as potential alternatives are to take the least awful people out of the Congress, which I don't want to do. Uh, why can't we nominate 
Medea Benjamin or Marcy Winograd, or if we can't have something that good, aren't there millions of people living in this country uh, who could be nominated? I mean, it's not as if there isn't someone better uh, who could be found, right? Right, and I, I have to wonder if the people who voted for Biden, well, I voted for Biden, I have to say, because I thought he was uh, better in the sense that what Medea pointed out, he wants to work with international uh, agreements, treaties, and so forth. Uh, and we have to ask if people who voted for him voted for this. And did they vote for Blinken to be president of the United States? Because from my vantage point, he's acting as though he is the president. What do you think of the crazy idea of next time around, or maybe right now, pending two years and four years hence, we make our demands pre-election? Unless you can meet minimum standards of demilitarizing and supporting a Green New Deal and, and education and social needs, we will not support you. What if we did that before an election rather than after a disastrous candidate wins saying, hey, we voted for you, we voted for you, which to my mind tells him I can ignore them, I can ignore them because they will continue voting for me no matter what I do. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We had so much anxiety about getting Trump out of office uh, that even uh, the Green Party got very little support this time around. Uh, and people were just willing to go for the anti-Trump vote. But that is not good enough. And we see that if Biden is going to give us the same people that have caused all these problems in the past, uh, that we have to do a better job, like the people, uh, our, our, our colleagues in the environmental movement, of putting forth our issues way early on uh, and uh, demanding that they be addressed. There was such little foreign policy discussion during this whole election season when Biden created these task forces on the climate, on education, on race issues, uh, criminal justice. He didn't even have a task force on foreign policy. I do want to interject at this point. Yeah. Three, yeah, no task force. So there were uh, a dozen or so DNC Bernie delegates who submitted a foreign policy platform plank and wanted to talk about foreign policy. We conferenced with Barbara Lee. We said, cut this military budget substantially, get out of Iraq, Afghanistan, end drone warfare, demilitarize space, join the Paris Treaty to do so, and so forth. And most of that was disregarded. There are references in the platform to getting by with less money for the military and ending these wars. Uh, we'll see if that pans out. Blinken is saying, don't take those too seriously. And he's been nominated. Um, what, what Bar we have just like a minute left. Uh, Congresswoman Lee and Congressman Pocan uh, a while back said they were setting up a caucus, the, the quote unquote defense uh, reduction, defense expense reduction, something like that caucus. Has anyone ever heard of that coming into existence or who's on it? No, but it's a good idea. And I think we should push them on that. I'll ask. I'll ask, good idea. And I do want to add that uh, during the convention, uh, almost 500 delegates uh, for Bernie Sanders and for others signed our letter uh, calling on Joe Biden to hire new foreign policy advisors because his current team was disastrous. We're still- Good idea. Uh, Medea, any last word? Well, as you well know, David, it's just this dichotomy between the American people who are sick and tired of these wars, sick and tired of all this money going into the military, 
And yet we have people in office, whether in the White House or the Congress, who don't listen to the people on this issue. So we have to do a better job breaking through to those in power uh, to show that um, the American people have had enough of this. And I would urge everybody to get on the phone, talk to your U.S. Senator, tell them not to approve any nominees that are uh, tethered to the weapons industry, have served on boards of uh, Lockheed Martin and Drew Dallin and so forth. The perfect case to do is Michelle Flournoy. Wonderful advice. Everybody get out there and do it. This is David Swanson. Our guests have been Marcy Winograd and Medea Benjamin. Uh, Thanks, Medea. Thanks, Marcy, for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talknationradio.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is supported by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.